Hey, Skeeters fans, Ryan Posner here, and on today's episode of Down in Sugarland, my co-host Brandon and I discuss the Astros start to get some of the regulars back. We have another episode of Tales from the Control Room. We jump in a time machine and discuss some old-time baseball, and we round out this week's episode with a little hate it, love it, depends. Hit it, Troy. All right, folks, thanks for listening. As you know, we like to start off every episode of Down in Sugarland with me and Brandon talking about what's going on with the Astros and uh, some good news, Brandon, on the on the health front. You know, they're starting to get everybody back. And as of this podcast, they have Altuve back as well. Jose Altuve was kind of the last person from that wave of health and safety protocol injury list uh, players that had not returned yet. He's back in the lineup, hitting leadoff right where you want to see him. And uh, the Astros coming off a very good series against the Angels um, this week. You know, they got some more divisional games um, and just a great way to come off after after a couple of tough games in Colorado. Weird game, too, where it was snowing. Um, just seemed like everything, like even like Mother Nature was kind of against the Astros with, with all those injuries, but now they're starting to get some health back. Yeah, it was good to see them finally start hitting the ball as well. I mean, they took three or four against the Angels, and in that series, they scored 31 runs in four games, including 16 in one game where I believe everybody got a hit, including some of the managers. It was incredible. But you're right. The big names are back, and boy, are they driving in runs. Our uh, call-up guys, they did a good job getting a lot of base hits and singles. They just didn't have that power. And you can see the biggest difference with guys like Bregman coming back into the lineup, Correa just driving in massive amount of runs. But as currently sitting right now, we're 10 and 11 we're second to last in the division, but just three and a half games out of first place. And now the Mariners come into town for a four-game series. And if we're going to make up any kind of deficit here, it's got to start right now. Yeah, you look at the Mariners' four games, and they took three or four from the Angels, which is, is huge. I mean, the Angels, a team that, you know, in my opinion, I think is going to be there come September. So to get those wins against them, and really in some pretty decisive, <laughs> decisive fashion, you get an 8-2 win, a 16-2 win. Really cool story from that game. It started off with some some unfortunate news with the Jacob Rizzi left after just recording one out. Um, he's now on the injured list. But Ken Emanuel, in his first major league appearance, throws eight and two-thirds innings in quote-unquote relief to get the win. A guy who was coming off a suspension, um, you know, a lot. You could, There's a lot of content on that. You can, you can read, including why he wears the number zero. Um, but how about that? Major League debut, eight and two-thirds, and a guy that has kind of been a long-coveted prospect for them finally getting to, to the show. It was actually the longest outing by any Astros pitcher this year, going eight and two-thirds. <laughs> and, it, you know, it's sad to see Jake head down to the DL, and Astros also lost another guy for a much longer stint, and Pedro Baez just officially going down on the 60-day DL as well. So when you and I kept talking about how the, the cavalry is coming here to help to this bullpen— this is a situation now with him being out 60 games. I think looking ahead, they're probably going to have to make some moves towards the end of the season for sure. Yeah, well, we'll see how, the, how that goes. I mean, they got some guys internally like Josh James and Andre Scrub who will hopefully come back here uh, pretty soon. Brandon, after uh, the stretch against the Mariners, though, it it's going to be they're going to be they're going to be put into the grinder here a little bit. You got three at Tampa Bay, three in New York against the Yankees, and then Toronto for three games. So a little AL East tour. Um, they'll play Toronto back at Minute Maid, but. Man, I mean, those are gonna that, that is a, a pretty tough nine game stretch they're gonna have after the series with Seattle. I mean, even after the Toronto series, then the Angels come into town. You really don't see any relief until finally the Rangers get there, and that's not until May thirteenth. So this is a situation right now. The Astros are looking; they can either make up huge ground in the AL, especially the AL West, or if we start to backslide, it's gonna be a really tough second half. Yeah, you, you love to see them get catch a little momentum here before they get into that tough stretch. 
um, get all the regulars back, kind of get their their sea legs, uh, you know, back underneath them. And it, it definitely didn't help that the, the Oakland A's were just unconscious yeah. after going zero and six. They rattled off thirteen wins. That's never happened in baseball history. So uh, that that I think that's you got to look at the standings as a nutshell this early in the season. Teams like the Oakland A's. After six games, I bet you had fans thinking, yep, uh, this, just call, call it a season, and now they have one of the best records in baseball. So um, very early, but I think one of the, the key things that it's never too early to keep an eye on is health. So that's good that the Astros are kind of getting those guys back right now. Yeah, and you know, you and I alluded it to the last podcast. If you're going to go through the safety and protocols that extreme, you want it on the front end of the season rather than the back end. This situation, it's kind of a win-win. We saw that our prospects come up. They get some playing time here at the MLB level, show that they can hit. Now the big names come back in to try to make up some of the deficit that you lost in those previous games. I think going forward, they're sitting in a good position. Now, right now, the month of May, this is one of the most important months for them. They really need to make that count. Yeah, and I, my final thought here before we hit hit the road is Christian Javier, man. He is looking Ooh. like he's the real deal. Uh, that's a guy that, I mean, you, you look at that rotation and he's not the one or the two, maybe not even the three, but he's pitching like a, like a top tier guy. Yeah. All he needed was the fans to come back. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredible. He's been looking very great. Well, we got a great show playing for you. we got Tales from the Control coming up next. A little bit of a different show. You're going to want to stay tuned here on Down to Sugarland. Hey, Skeeters fans, every Estonian knows that Cherry King Backyard Store is the first and only stop for when you upgrade your backyard. With the largest selection of outdoor furniture anywhere, you're sure to find the right look for your new backyard oasis. The finest quality merchandise at the lowest possible price every day. That's the Cherry King difference. Cherry King Backyard Store is proud to be the official outdoor furniture retailer of the Sugarland Skeeters. Visit one of the eight greater showrooms today. Welcome back to Down in Sugarland. We have a special guest and a special version of Tales from the Control Room this week. We are joined in studio by the real true voice of Constellation Field and one of the, the greatest voices of the Skeeters. He's a the biggest Kentucky basketball fan now I know. He's one of the biggest Reds, Cincinnati Reds apologists I know. And uh, I mean, he was he was alive back during the Prohibition era. So I mean, just <laughs> the amount of perspective he brings to the table is just jaw dropping. And that's none other than our public address announcer, Mr. Shane Brown. Shane, how are we doing this evening? Man, it's doing great. Thank you for the opportunity. I got to tell you, I I have really enjoyed listening to these podcasts. Um, Man, it's been great. I mean, listening to these episodes, the interviews, like with Shane Reynolds, you know, with Swindell, all these different things. It's been incredible. I love the uh, love it, hate it, depends. Happy hour, okay? I got to tell you, like, love it, hate it, depends. I was actually working out when I was listening to that podcast, and I'm like, road trips, I love them. Yes. (laughs) I've actually been the dad on the road trips, man. I can tell you what it's like to be from that perspective, you know? So, yes, I love them. And you know what makes me happy? When a song you never expected to hear on the radio comes on, oh yeah, that makes me happy. So I'm just telling you, man, I'm loving all that stuff. It, it's great. It, it's it's very very good. You guys do a great job with it, and uh, really appreciate the people that you've interviewed, the stories that you guys have. It's it's very entertaining. Shanner, you you seem like you'd absolutely just dominate a road trip. I'm not the least bit surprised to hear you say that. That is that was your your love it, and I just picture. Like an REO Speedwagon ballad coming on, and you are just locked in. Oh, absolutely, man. Roll with the changes? Oh, yeah, baby. I'm going to tell you what. I can play <laughs> the piano solo on the dashboard like nobody's business. I mean, you give me Sirius XM and All Night on a Highway, it is on, dude. It is oh, so man. on. Oh, yeah. Dude, let's drive to Canada sometime. I, it's, I, I'm telling you, but, but rule of thumb is we leave at 2 in the morning. Now, my family hates me for that, but that was the rule. Now, And from a dad's perspective, and all dads out there, you tell me this isn't true. Why do you leave at 2 a.m.? Because everyone will get in the car and go to sleep and yeah. leave you alone for about yeah. the first four or five hours, and you can just go. Yeah. 
So just like put on satellite radio, Hair Nation, let's go 80s hair metal, crank up the AC, and we are flying down the highway, man. That is a spiritual experience. Absolutely. Nothing says nap time like the metal at 2 a.m. being blasted. Right. I mean, yeah, if we're on a road trip, I'm not sleeping through that. I mean, we are, we're going to be doing doing duets all the way up until we hit the Great Wide North. Oh, it's on, man. It is absolutely on. Yes, sir. Is it just you singing, or does the family join in, or do you make the family join in? You're like... Come on, tempo people. What I do is, is I, we're driving, I'll be like, hey, Stacey, who sings this song? She's like, I don't even know. I said, you don't know who sings the song? <laughs> then she starts, Rat, Kiss, Poison, Motley Crue, Alice Cooper. I mean, she starts, I'm like yeah. rattling them off until she finds, I'm like, really? I just give up. I quit. <laughs> I mean, it's like, come on. You you don't know that's Judas Priest? Seriously, woman? It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, so, no, that, that, we wanted that problem with me. Well, well, Shane, you've been here as long as really any employee, honestly. You've been here since 2012 as the public address announcer for the Skeeters, and now you'll be getting your first year as the AAA uh, public address announcer for the Astros, but wanted to hear kind of how you got the job and like what that I heard you had a pretty interesting uh, time your first game here back in 2012. Yeah, it, it was very, very interesting. You know, my, my wife actually signed me up for an open tryout. The Skeeters announced that they were doing a community-wide tryout for uh, the PA position, uh, and I literally came home one evening, and my wife, Stacy said, uh, hey, by the way, I signed you up for a tryout. And I'm like, you're kidding me. She goes, no, you're going to show up at Town uh, town Square on such a date at such a time in a theater. And um, went down there, and there was a, a, a bunch of us sitting there, and they gave us a script. And then they had us stand behind a, a partition, and they just had us, you know, read these pages. And so, you know, like uh, you know, a home run call or introducing a batter or what have you. So I got up there and did that and stood out on the stage. And uh, there was about uh, four uh, full-time employees. And they asked me a couple of questions about baseball and all that kind of stuff. And I got done. I'm like, no, oh, that, was, that was really fun. I, that was a great experience. I, I really enjoyed that. I hope whoever gets that job has a great time. <laughs> and they called me back and they said, hey, we're going to do uh, a second tryout. And this time we were with Fort Bend Christian Academy. And um, there was 10 of us. And they put 10 of us in the football coach's office and took us out one by one to the football field and put us in the press box. And so what they did was is they were trying out the on-field hosts during that same time. And so they they uh, they had me in there and they had somebody on the field and I would throw it down to them. They would sing happy birthday. They would throw it back to me. We go back and forth. Craziest thing in the world is um, once um, one time I threw it down there and Matt O'Brien was the was the general manager at the time. I, I never met the dude. He just walked over and he slams a piece of paper on the on the on the table. He goes, "This car's parked illegally. Announce it." And I'm like, "Okay." So he threw it back to me and said, okay, blah, 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 and announced it. And then uh, they threw it back down. And then he comes over again. He goes, this kid's missing. Announce it. And I'm like, uh, so, so I, like I, the equivalent of like a, like an all out blitz from a linebacker. They're like, what are you going to do? Yeah, it really was. And so I'm, so I, I remember how I did this. Like I didn't announce the kid's name and I said, Hey, we've got a lost parent. You know, parent, if you are missing your child, you know, we have your child. Come on over to uh, Section 14. And I remember telling him, I was always told you never announce a child's name over a loudspeaker if they're missing, you know, because when people, you know, the wrong person is going to take advantage of that. And uh, and I'm like, and he looked at me like, okay. yeah. And I'm like, well, I really screwed that up. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a great experience. Whoever gets the job, hope they have a great. And they called <laughs> and they said, uh, they, they originally I was, I was hired as the backup PA guy. And... Um, they said, we're going to have you do about 15, 20 games a year. I said, yeah, man. I, I, yes, absolutely. About two days later, they called back and said, hey, the guy that we just hired to do the PA job uh, just took a job to Dallas. Um, do you want to be the main PA guy? I said, well, let me think about that. Yeah. And then that was that was it from there. And um, I've been here since day one and enjoyed every bit of it. 
Do you remember the PA guy's name that got it? I, you know, I don't. They just, they just said the guy. So like, like when, when we were in there, I, I didn't meet anybody else. I, I mean, we talked, but I didn't know anybody's names uh, whatsoever. So I don't know who it was or anything. I just said, you know, this guy's moved and it's your gig if you want it. And um, I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. Wow, you should have made it up and like that was Joe Tessator. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. you know what? That does sound right. Yeah, yes. Like, yeah. yeah, that was his name. Joe Tessator. Yeah. Yep. Joey, how's yeah. he doing? <laughs> Joey, Joey Tess, man. That's big, big time. Well, what about that first game then? Because I didn't know this, but apparently it was not um, as perfect as you were probably hoping for. Oh, dude, it was brutal. That first night was the most god-awful experience I'd ever had. I came in, first of all, you're already nervous, right? And uh, like earlier in the day, the Houston Chronicle had this great article about, you know, it's opening day for the Skeeters. And Matt O'Brien, you know, who I'd met at the tryout, at the very end, he says, we're ready to go. Now, will the Eagle land where he's supposed to? Is the PA announcer going to say everything correct? We don't know. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So I, I come in. I'm already nervous, right? We go through all the announcements, all the players, all this stuff. And dadgum, if I do not screw up the York Revolution's manager, okay? I call him Andy Echtebaron, not Andy Etch. Baron, right and that's like the first name you read is the visiting team's manager yeah so yeah, yeah. and so Off some dude on a walkie-talkie i don't even know who it was just start screaming he got their name wrong have him redo it and i'm like oh my god you know what i'm saying so the whole night man i mean i'm on pins and needles and the next day you know i go back i go back to school and everybody's like how was it i'm like it's the most miserable thing i've ever done it was terrible and, and then the next night right we're, 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 we're announcing some things, and I said, the Sugarland Skeezers. And Tom Gorman, who was my boss at the time, I got to announcing, and Gorman's sitting at a chair behind me goes, Skeezers. Never heard that one before. Stood up and walked out. And I, I went home after the second night, and I said, they're going to fire me after this homestand. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. They're going to get rid of me. It's over. And, I, you know, I know we have the Skeeters Foundation, and they do great charity work. But I have always said the greatest charity work they do is bring me back every year. It's, oh. a, it's the kindest thing they could ever do. I can't believe it. So uh, it, it's, it's been a great run. I really enjoyed it. And I got to tell you, I am so stoked for baseball to be back. You know, not only just for baseball to be back, but to be a part of the Astros organization and getting a chance to, to, to see those players and be a part of it. I mean, I'm a baseball guy anyway, but to be a part of affiliated baseball and it is the team that's right here. I mean, you're, you know, the top franchise is right in our own backyard. I, I tell you what, it, it's, it's awesome. I'm, I'm ready to roll. What is the hardest name that you've had to come to be able to pronounce <laughs> over the years? Is there, is there one that sticks out to you like, Man, I, I, I'm like one for three of that name. Like every third time I get it right. But other than that, it's it's tough. You know, who was the guy? He was for the Blue Crabs. Do you guys remember? He was from Hawaii. Yeah. Kalua, oh, yeah. Lua, yeah. Lua. yeah. 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 I know his name because I was when I was still doing broadcasting. It's Kalika Kahua Hua Ala Ala. Yeah, that guy. I'm just yeah. like I just like hulu lulu ala la la. Yeah. You know, I'm just say just I'll just add some lulus and la la's yeah. and just kind of go. I, I think you're probably like not the only one that had some trouble with that one. And as far as like other teams are like, oh man, this guy's coming back to town. Like I feel like him like Mark Ripchimsky. Like yeah, when I was like doing reporting work, that was a copy paste name. I'm like, dude, I'm never gonna get your name right, so I'm just going copy paste. We're you not know, gonna, we're it not is going a, that way. it is amazing all the PA stuff I've done. I had an opportunity, you know, to work work at uh, at, at at Rice and, and other high schools and stuff like that. If there's a name that I don't know for an '80s movie reference, I go totally Fletch. 
Mr. Sunderland did it, right? You know, well, you know, now pitching, you know, Tom Ferguson is in. Just run it real quick. And if you say it like fast and like low enough, they'll they'll never know. Yeah. Six, and everybody turns around and goes, did he say that right? Oh, yeah, I think he did. You remember? Good. <laughs> so there's two iconic things that we've always done with the PA. One being a sexy batter and the other being a Titanic of a batter. Now, how did they originate and then... We need to do a sexy batter so that way the fans can understand how it goes. You know, I'm telling you, this it's it was all impromptu stuff. I mean, it, it, it's every bit of it has been impromptu. Like one day some guy will come up and there's be Millie Vanilli playing, right? And I'll just be like, no batting. That killer. Number 32, John Lowenstein. Uh, yeah. The music always killed me. Like it was, yes. it was while well, your cadence was great, but it was like the music in the background. It's like the seventh inning of a game in August. And you know, the other team is like, what the heck is going on out there? I, I always think about the hitter because his entire career probably has never been sexy battered up to yeah. the plate. What about, and what about the Titanic batter? Well, you know, okay. Now, and, and so like Titanic, it was the same thing. You know, we, we show the video clip of the Titanic, yeah. you know, you know, and now batting third baseman number 19, you know, Tom, you know, Johnson. I won't let go, Tom. Tom, I won't let go. And it was so funny because you would you'd see them like back out and look up or just kind of laugh. Tom, Tom. You know, and it's just like, you're right. But but here's the thing. So Bridgeport, their last year, their um, uh, broadcast guy came into the booth and he said on the way down on the Southwest flight, they were sexy battering each other over the intercom. Yeah. They said they knew the sexy batter was coming and they were literally sexy battering each other on the flight down. I'm like, you guys are really bored on those long flights, aren't you? You know what I'm saying? That's, <laughs> That's incredibly awesome. I love that. Yeah. 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 Well, Shane, you're you're a, you're a big Reds fan. You grew up in Kentucky, so you're Kentucky basketball and Reds. I mean, you and this is even like a knock on you being old. You you were down with the big red machine. Like <laughs> Like right, that was Not that was that enough. was in your wheelhouse. Like that was, I was gonna say, like that literally was when you grew up. What do you? What, what, what was it like watching that team? Well, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, I, I really it, it was like the tail end of the big red machine, 70, 77, 78, 79. And my very first baseball game I got to see was the tail end of the big red machine, and the Dodgers were really the team. They had Garvey, Ronce, Lopes, Russell, all that, and uh, it was really really fun uh, growing up. You know, an hour and a half from Riverfront Stadium. Listen to Marty Brenneman all the time on the radio and that iconic voice of his. And then in high school, I'd skip a lot for the 1235 <laughs> businessman specials and get up there and watch the game. Game is over at 2.30. I'm home by 4.30. Parents are home by 5. I'm there good to go, go baby. <laughs> what uh, what jersey are you rocking to a Reds game on the businessman special? You, uh, you know what? Anything that doesn't get me in trouble or recognize the fact that I'm a high school student. There. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, what you don't want the You don't want the Ferris Bueller you get on camera for catching the foul bar or something like that? Nope. Wearing nope. a suit and tie and mustache. That's <laughs> right. Incognito, baby. <laughs> So over the years, you've been in a lot of control room games. I'm going to put you on the spot. What is one of your most favorite iconic control room moments? You know, game-wise, talking about, you know, for game situations. It could be anything from either conversation or something that's happened on the field. When you think control room and you had to write your memoirs of the control room, what's a story you're putting in there? You know, I don't know if all conversations are actually podcast <laughs> eligible. Say, you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of debates that we've had in there that have been pretty funny that I really don't know, you know, if, uh, if we could say. So let me just say that um, there have been topics of conversation that I never thought we could ever reach. But somehow we always went there, 
You know? Can I guess one of your favorites? Go ahead. Peeing in the pool or peeing in the shower? Nobody uh, does that. Remember no. when we broke yes. that down? Yeah, and, and nobody does that. That's uh, super yeah. gross and False. weird. Why would I, you do that? No, I will put myself on that island. Peeing in the shower is part of a shower. Yeah. No, it isn't. Yes. No, that's peeing why. peeing in the pool, why do they put chlorine? Have you ever heard of self-cleaning <laughs> ovens? Like, yeah, that's essentially exactly. the same thing. Thank no, you. it is not. Yeah. That's why the good Lord gave us toilets. That's where you put the <laughs> pee. Do you wash your bar of soap? No, because it's self-cleaning. Same thing with the shower. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, yes. Yeah, those so that's, like, that's like an evening debate. Yep. Yeah. I agree. I agree. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. That's a Wednesday. Yeah. So that's uh, it's, it's been those conversations, uh, and and that's the great thing about this. this. I mean, I tell everybody this is what this is a great gig. I mean, think about it. I get to sit in the AC, watch baseball, and hang out. Yep. And then I, you know, I really get to have to a lot of fun because I could pick on John Williams, a scorekeeper, about how bad the Big Ten is, and we could talk about how much the SEC rules, and then he can over there and just kind of dribble off whatever you know comments he wants, and we can just ignore him. It's it's, it's a great thing, you know what I'm saying? It's awesome. So yeah. no, I I really do. It's 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 a it's a great gig, and it's a lot of fun. And and I I, I got to tell you, I really I really enjoy it because it just from a personal standpoint, I love baseball. I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm a baseball guy. And, um, you know, I've always heard, you know, people have a lot of sports memories, but everybody has a baseball memory. And going to the ballpark is something special. I mean, it really, really is. And and the fact that we've been able to create this family atmosphere and, and for people to be able to come out here and enjoy baseball, you know, I, I feel really that there's a responsibility for that with me. You know, I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to help them have an experience that they can remember. You know, I feel like an obligation to, you know, the sponsors and the advertisers. You know, they're putting their hard-earned money out there with their product. And, you know, we have a responsibility to meet and making sure that people, you know, know who they are. And so... There's there's a lot of that that I really do. I, I take upon myself, and you've seen you've seen it in there, man. When I screw up, pro- nobody <laughs> probably knows it, but I do. And man, I mean, I the flip the the, the the switch flips, and I am, you know, I, yeah. I'm hot because I don't want to screw that up because I really do appreciate, you know, the position that I have. That's great. Well, Shane, I, we've had some pretty great guests on here. We've had Roger Clemens, Julian Morales, Jeff Blum, Greg Smith. This goes on. I think you're going to be the first voice people are going to listen to the podcast as a skier fan and be like, oh. Man, like that yeah. voice, like that's gonna resonate with them. So super pumped to have you on. Uh, I really enjoyed the conversation so far. Um, we're gonna keep it going. Seg- we're gonna go to the next segment. We got a little old time baseball segment going on. We're gonna do a little bit here coming up on Down and Jerkleham. Baseball is back at Constellation Field and full season ticket deposits are now available. May 20th is just around the corner and you won't want to miss exciting baseball this summer as the Skeeters enter their first season as the AAA affiliate of the Houston Astros. For more information, visit SugarlandSkeeters.com and be one of the first to reserve a seat. So, fellas, I, I like to get deep in the weed on some stats, and, and I saw a kind of a weird one this week. Uh, maybe it's not that weird, but it's just interesting to get into the deeper analytics. Two and one count hitters are hitting 361 this year, but when the count's one and two, 161. That's insane. I can't imagine how much information must help the players. They must crave like every detail they can get. Oh, dude, when we saw TrackMan here at the stadium, players were constantly asking to see the information it provided. It's changing baseball in an incredible way. Incredible Are ways. you well, kidding me? Well, Shane, you, legend has it, were around when Babe Ruth called his home run. 
uh, back in the 20s, and I don't think the Babe had too many analytics, so I'm going to guess you disagree on this front here. I might not have been around when Babe Ruth was around, but do you want to know what baseball used to be, Ryan? It used to be a man's game. I mean, ball players used to have jobs. I mean, what happened to the day when a guy woke up, headed off to the Brick Lane career, and then went to the ballpark just in time to go two for four with an RBI double? And after the game, ah, food wasn't catered in the clubhouse like today. Instead, he ate a plain ham and cheese sandwich out of a steel lunch pail and washed it down with a Budweiser and a slow eater. And players today coming up with all these least creative nicknames. What happened to Shoeless Joe Jackson, Charlie Hustler, Mike Hargrove's, you know, the human rain delay? And now it's way too obvious nicknames like Joey Bats and Thor. What, Thor? Are you the fit Thor or are you the fat Thor? You know what I'm saying? I mean, you think kids with all their gizmos and gadgets would find nicknames they could be proud of. You know what I'm saying? It's like get off the TikTok, Instagram, and find ways to find a real man's nickname. And don't even get me started on stats. Really? Swing velocity rate. What what was that? Did you swing the bat fast enough to get the ball out of the park? An exit velocity? Really? Did it exit the ballpark? I mean, you, you see where I'm going this with this? I mean, I mean, baseball, man, was best on the radio. Give me Milo Hamlin, Marty Brenneman. You know what I'm saying? And then and then baseball on TV, we got MLB TV. Don't give me MLB TV. Give me NBC's Game of the Week with Dick Emberg and Vince Scully. That's when you knew your team was good, when it was on Saturday afternoons on NBC. You know, I don't want to watch these games with these K-Zone and bottom line tickers, score bugs, and then the player stat line. It's just too much. Just tell me the guy's batting 300 and he's 0 for 2 for today. You know, I left Miscowan's algebra class 35 years ago. Stop making me relive it when I'm watching a baseball game. Okay, just absolutely so much to unpack there. I mean, first off, we have a kitchen down here at Constellation Field, so you don't need to bring your lunch pail. You, you can leave that at home. And I mean, hey, the, the player development side, keeping that diet, that's as, almost as important as what you do on the field. Uh, healthy, schmelthy. Yeah, and collecting those stats has created tons of front office jobs. I mean, how is providing more information that will make you better at your job a bad thing? Pfft, nerds. In the television product, it's never been better. We've been given access to games that allow us to truly understand what it's like to be a major leaguer. Baseball can literally reach every corner of the earth. Ah. Well, I mean, if you're not anything, you are certainly reasonable, Shane, and that's why we love you, man. Well, we're going to finish off this episode with Hate It, Love It, Depend. You're listening to Down in Sugarland. All right, fellas, great episode so far. We're going to finish it out on a strong note here with a classic down in Sugarland segment. Hate it, love it, depends. And we got Shane Brown, the public address announcer for Constellation Field and the Sugarland Skaters in studio. So we're going to lead it off with him naturally. And the first topic for debate is multiple walk-up songs for a hitter. Shane, how are we feeling about that? I hate it. Pick one song, stay with it, get married to it. It's the best thing in the world. You know what I'm saying? Travis Scott, ladies and gentlemen, that was his song that we had for years here. He had that regardless of where he was batting 300 or under the Mendoza line. One song, stay with it. Let that be your legacy. I hate multiple songs. Troy, what we got? Oh, I'm, I'm going to totally agree with Shane on this one. When I hate it. I knew you. I, had, I didn't have to know. I knew you were going there. <laughs> I mean, I'm the guy that gets these songs exactly for these why. players. <laughs> and I'm sorry. Like, I don't care what your song is on a Tuesday. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, pick one song, like Shane said, and just that's your, that's your, that's your, that's your song. That's your go-to. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Troy. As somebody that, like, 
has to sit in the room, watch my friends run around because in the third inning, this guy wants to come up to this song. And in the fifth inning, he wants to come up to this song. But not if there's two outs, then he wants it to play this song. And a lot of people don't think about that, that you're sitting in the stands. I absolutely hate it. And Shane's right. An iconic walk-up song, you need to become married to it because then the fans understand it. I think of Juan Pierre when he used to come up to Archie's song of, we ready. And the Marlins <laughs> Park would go absolutely nuts for it. You need an iconic walk-up song. It's almost going to be forgiving for a bad at bat. Yeah, I mean, so I'm going to deviate only slightly. I, I agree. Like, I mean, I'm, I know these aren't hitters, but like you think of Mariano Rivera, Ender Sandman, Trevor Hoffman, Hells Bells, you know, those are, you associate, and that just goes same as the walk-up song. You associate the player. It creates kind of a legendary status. The only reason I'm going to say depends is like, hey, I want my guys to do what my baseball is as superstitious of a sport as there is. If my guy thinks he's going to go two for three because he changed his walk-up song today, I'm saying, hey, man, let it ride. And also, keep in mind, I have no part in changing the song. So that's an easy an easy stance for me to take on that one. Well, topic number two, Troy, you're about to lead off here. Board games. What do we have on board games? Ooh, Hate it, love it, depends. Uh, I'm going to go with depends. I love, like, getting, you know, like, murder mystery games and, like, uh, certain stuff like that that gets, like, you know, your, your group of friends together. You're having a few drinks. You're having a good time. I'm not one to, like, stick around and play Monopoly, though, or... Uh, uh, you know, certain games like that, um, shoots and ladders. That was a classic, but, uh, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not for me these days. Um, so yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll end up on depends. Brandon. Absolutely hate it. Especially. Wow. Absolutely. Right, hate it. Invited to my really? house. Really? Hard pass, some conviction there. Oh, you want to play monopoly? Yeah. Let me clear six hours of my day. <laughs> so we can decide who's stealing from the bank. I, there's nothing worse than whenever, like I go over to a friend's house and then they're like, yeah, we're just going to sit down and play Clue and stuff like that. I'm just immediately inside. I'm like, God, I feel like I'm sick. I need to go home. You know, like I just don't <laughs> want to play. I, I, I am a competitive person to a point, but not over like Candyland. And it's like, oh, roll the dice. Oh, got to go back two steps. Like it's just a big waste of time. Let's do something like cards. You want to put some real stake on it? Let's play some poker. Put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't care. You can have all my Uno cards. Oh, no, I lost again. Like, I just wow. don't care. Well, I'm going to go just strictly opposite of you. I'm a big board game guy. Love it for me. One of my favorites, if not my favorite, is Settlers of Catan. Um, I mean, yeah, that's one where, <laughs> hey, man, you're going to hey set aside like two and a half hours, three hours. Hour. That's like risk, right? It yeah. uh, It's not quite as bad as risk, but, you know, it it's it's in the same breath. You know, it's in that same that same family, man. Nothing like just getting together with the boys and, you, you know, you're all invested in the same thing. And, I mean, it's, it's a very versatile activity. You know, it's an all-weather. If, hey, it's raining outside, board game. If it's sunny outside, okay, maybe take a walk and then board game. You can never not play a board game. It's always great. Instead of Gatan, that is my thing right I've there. I've done just fine not playing a board game. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shane, what do we got here? I absolutely love it. I of you talking about I am absolutely competitive. That's the only one here that's around before Colors EV. I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Radio wow! Was wow! Out. That was harsh. <laughs> but uh, no, man, I'm so. I mean, I would, I would take my kids. You talk about everybody hates Monopoly. No, man, I'm playing Monopoly. My kids are going to sit down. They're going to play Monopoly. I'm going to pound them into the ground. Stratego, Yahtzee, it doesn't matter. To this day, if we go to Cracker Barrel, my son and I are going to the checkerboard table. Oh, I'm gonna I love whip that game. His tail, and then he's going to hear about it the rest of the day. Even at 20 years old, I do not care. Give it a board game. It is on like Donkey Kong. And Cracker Barrel, they have the game with the uh, the little like. 
kind of things like the poles you stick in the little like the wood panel oh yeah but what is my, that called well but, shuffleboard but, no no, <laughs> no you should and you have the one peg left but my dad taught me the pattern on how to do that oh, so, you, so you do, yeah you crack I mean, the code whoever's listening knows exactly what we're talking about like it's at every table at a cracker bill that's exactly right but yes board games love them nice okay well last topic here brandon you are up first hikes love it hate it depends i absolutely love it there's nothing better than getting outside walking around seeing some fresh air I don't even care if the hike is like seeing through. fresh air. <laughs> yes, I didn't even, say, I didn't even well, catch that. Well, you can't smell, so maybe can you see yeah, stuff? There like you go. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, Troy. It must I'm be sorry. nice. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's such a good point. No, but walking around, I love hikes. Whether it's like it can be in the mountains, it can be down a nice path. I I enjoy just getting out in the city, going around, looking around at different buildings. It's a better way than, say, like running, where I have to hit a certain mile at a certain time. Otherwise, I'm a bit upset. But a hike, it can be leisure. You can speed it up and make it exercising. It's just a better way to kill time than your stupid board games. Well, I'm going to go. I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, boo. Yeah, that, yeah that, that, man, I, that, felt, that felt direct toward me. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say hate it only because where do you go hiking in Texas? There's no mountains. What do you get to hike around like a flat trail hike? I, per- yeah. I perceive as like a mountain. Like you get up there. You hike to the top of the mountain, you take the picture, you walk back down. What am I going to hike over like an anthill and take a picture at eye level? Like, come on. There's <laughs> Have you ever been to Brazos Bend State yeah. Park? Yeah. You ever been West, down there? West Texas? Yeah. I mean, but like, I mean, there's no mountains. Like, back, El Paso. Back home in California, we had mountains and those we hiked. Oh, God. That was some good hiking. That was some good hiking <laughs> yeah, material. you take the five to the 10 and it's the <laughs> best uh, hiking. Man, yeah. You you get those hikes. You're going to sit in traffic for like 50 minutes on the way home. So you have a lot of time to reflect on how great the hike was. But Shane, what do we got here? Oh, I absolutely love it because I mean, now, hiking so I, I run ultras ultra marathons right so i'll go out and go 62 50 mile runs they end up being hikes because you can't really go that far but some of the scenery and the things that i've had a chance to see and be a part of absolutely beautiful love getting outside love seeing the fresh air it's wonderful it's a great experience me and brandon we can share that yeah just <laughs> seeing the fresh air yeah have no. you ever, have you ever seen a bobcat in your hike i don't know if you saw that viral video of the guy who just tossed a bobcat oh, like across a rag, the front yard like a ragdoll and i immediately thought of you because that's how i think you take care of a bobcat <laughs> attacking your family you just throw it like a frisbee across your yard you know okay now i'm gonna i'm gonna throw this out here because you say that with the bobcats right yeah like so we lived in colorado one year right now here it is no lie all the elementary schools high schools everything we've ever been around you have fire drills right ring the alarm everybody runs outside in colorado they send everybody outside ring the bell bobcat drill everybody goes inside that's how they do it in northern colorado to the no bobcat lie. drill that's they used right. to do that in charlotte too before that the bobcat games out there in the nba that's a bad joke <laughs> Bad, you got to hit me with some music on that. Just <laughs> All right. a loser game show. Sam. That was terrible. Troy, you are the cleanup hitter here. Right, what do we I'm got? Gonna, I'm going to go in between. I'm going to depends. Like, where are we? Like, are we are we in the mountains somewhere like I've never been? Is it somewhere cool? Yeah, I'm totally down for a hike. The city, you know, it depends. I mean, yeah, I like getting out and walking, but I have to be in the right mood to do it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go solid with it depends on that one. And by the way, seeing fresh air, as somebody that grew up in Bangkok, Thailand, where it's extremely <laughs> polluted. Point. Yeah, you can see the difference in between true. smog and these nice clear blue skies. So. I lived in Los Angeles at one point. Yes, yeah. there you go. You definitely could see when you're not when you're out of Los Angeles. Like, wow, my eyes feel way better now. Exactly. So you know what? Enjoy that nice clean air, everybody, and hike in it. There well, you go. <laughs> that's great. That's gonna do it here for Down in Sugarland. Thanks to Shane Brown, the PA voice of the Skeeters of Constellation Field. Make sure to rate, subscribe, review wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening to Down in Sugarland.